Season 2, Episode I Can Drink Now! It's the hero's journey of comics. Is this the adventure you've planned for me? Braving the winding road of geekdom. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Sharing our advice. We believe that his example would inspire. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. And exposing our mistakes. This is all going to end badly. Everybody has an agenda. Welcome to the Show Me Comicast. Welcome back to the Show Me Comicast. I'm Tim Pickerel, digital media producer for Show Me Comics. And I'm Jordan Taylor, and I am full of lots of creative ideas. I am a artiste of the written word, and if you don't respect me, it's just because I haven't been dead for 500 years and then found out that I was a genius. And I'm Sam Richardson, and I'm too shy to look up at the microphone because my head's buried in my sketch pad, and I'm scared that there's people out there listening, and that would make me have to talk to them, and I'm scared. Because you're a genius. <laughs> All right, so this is our kind of like the the week right after we went to Charlotte uh, Comic-Con episode, but we haven't actually been back yet because <laughs> we, we're recording this in the past. But we wanted to talk about uh, not just comic conventions, but our fellow indie, indie creators. And this is kind of like the do's and don'ts episodes of being a a beginning comic creator minus the do's. So it's just the don'ts. <laughs> oh, we've we've done a few conventions now. We've met some of our peers. Some of them have been great, but some of them are a little bit delusional. You can go back to our parents' basement episode and listen to Professor Jordan theorize about what those people uh you know, are doing wrong and how they could overcome it. Pretty much here, we just want to lay it all out, have a little bit of fun, and say, don't do this stuff, guys and gals. Don't do this stuff. All right? So let's start out with Tim. We've done a few cons now. What have you seen that you're just like, what were these people thinking? Some of these I don't want to say just because I want somebody else to talk about them. Well, you can introduce them, and then we can roundtable it. I'll introduce. That's um, why we're all here. So at first, don't a podcasting. Don't say you don't want to talk about something because other people want to talk about it. Right. Okay. <laughs> then, Sam introduced it. Sam actually introduced it already. Artists not looking up and selling their product. They're just kind of passively there and expecting you to come to them and ask you questions that you don't want to answer. Sam, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> Give us a, an example of how you've seen this go down. The names are anonymous. Right. Kept, yeah. Kept don't secret. show up expecting to just be there and not do anything else. Um, I know we've covered this a lot of times on the podcast to talk about nobody's going to sell your product except you. Yeah, we know it, that. But. Unless you have like a lot of fans that are around. So don't don't just sit there and let everybody pass you by. Like don't be afraid to grab somebody's attention. But I think what we want to do in this episode is tell stories. You know, like give examples only with the names kept anonymous of what you witnessed. 
Oh, man. We were... So give an example of someone you saw that was, like, completely... (laughs) Don't talk to me. It doesn't even apply to just, like, local indie creators. There's been some, like, names that were just kind of, like, you went in to meet them expecting something, and they're just kind of... And they're just drawing away on their sketch pad. Yeah, see, this is a hard one to say what not to do, because there were a lot of things that... uh, there were so many things that caught me uh, by surprise that I didn't know that you could do at the uh, at the convention. Like what? Uh, like the fact that you can sell prints and do original art of trademark characters that already exist. Like we showed you, up and all well, the booths around us were like Captain America, Doctor Who. Well, technically you can't. It's kind of like uh, marijuana laws in Colorado and uh, Washington. Technically you can't sell marijuana under federal law but nobody's enforcing it right so all that all the selling prints of captain america and uh doctor who and snuffleupagus and all that stuff that technically you can't do that but nobody's enforcing it right but they do and they sell because of it like part of me wants to say don't show up just doing prints don't show up with a trademark character. Don't show up with all these things, but the truth is that like all the people that were around us were doing those things yeah. that you're not supposed to do, but that's what was getting them recognized. Well, I would that's say show up at your own risk with that kind of stuff. Though. Right. And these people think they are hot stuff with this stuff that they didn't even come up with. They oh, just yes. drew. I, like, I really yeah. wish that while we were there, like police would have shown yeah, up and just <laughs> tore that boot. And then I would have said, hey. Don't be using, but it didn't happen. So the it's drawing to, enforcement agency, right? DEA comes it, in. Yeah, and just, like, I want to be like, oh, it's unethical and that's wrong, that's cheating. But nobody got in trouble for it, and that's where most of the sales were happening. How awesome would that be if just like let the bodies hit the floor, just starts playing over the PA? <laughs> Don't you know? me, Stanley. <laughs> and all these guys just come out with billy clubs and right. Doctor <laughs> Who print crack. Which, you know, let, let me preface this. Because I wasn't here for the uh, the post-con show, so I didn't get to, to, to talk about my opinions on it. So let me just say, we did awesome. That was yeah. a great experience. Like, I walked away from that so confident. We we did excellent. All right, from a sales standpoint, and I won't say exactly how many we sold, but whatever local artists were doing as far as actual comic books and actual product, we blew that out of the water. The, the numbers and the expectations that were told to us from the local artist we, ten times. We, yeah, ten times over and exceeded that, but we were one of the few that had an actual product. And so... That was what... I, I posted that uh, meme that I generated that's, you know, the guy looking at something really <laughs> small and he says, oh, it must be the list of people in Artist Alley actually selling comics. Right. You know? So... Uh, so the, the one part of me would say, don't go in doing just prints and don't go in with unoriginal stuff. But I mean, it was all around us, and that's what was getting most of the attention. You to have people walking by, and their eyes were right above the tables. Their eyes weren't looking at the artist. They weren't looking at what the table held. It was at all the prints that were above. But one thing I do have to say is, if you are going to go there and do unoriginal art, you're going to go there doing nothing but prints. Oh, you have got some competition, so you better be the best one around. That's true. It and your stuff better like stand a... out like you wouldn't believe because right next to you is probably an artist that's just as good of quality, if not better than you, with the exact same thing. So it's hard to catch the eye for someone who's actually going to buy it. Even though all the eyes were directed at all those prints, guess what? Not every print got bought. Yeah, it was a very 
if you were selling prints, it was kind of like vanilla. Like I literally could go down two tables and get a print of the same character. It wouldn't right. be the same art. But right. And that, that was, uh, that was one of the things that I don't want to say that it annoyed me. It, it made my, what we did a challenge and it was a challenge that definitely didn't stop us. But when you would watch I think the it eyes, actually helped us when you, well, when you would watch the eyes of the people walking by surrounding us, were all these prints on the wall, you know, on the walls behind us. So all these all these booths had these walls full of prints except for ours. So the eyes would literally you'd see them staring at the booths next to us and then they would see that we didn't have one and their eyes would skip immediately over the head of our table to the next and we would have to draw them down. We would have to see well, them we looking all that. and then they'd skip our booth because we didn't have prints up. We'd have to say, hey, hey, bring your eyes down here and we would engage them and what we did, that was what made us different from other tables. We actually engaged the, well, uh, we also sold them. Hey, we have a piece of entertainment right. to sell you. Not we have an hey, we have product. a picture. Yeah, I liked what you used to say is like, "Hey, you like buying prints? Well, we have sixty four of them right, right here. Right, and each know. one's different, and it tells a story. But um, we would have to actually engage in them. I mean, if it wasn't for us capturing their attention and talking to them and bringing their eyes down, they would have completely. They would have. They wouldn't even know we were there. Because the eyes were always fixated above at all the prints. And like I said, even though they were on the prints, not every print got sold because there were so many of the same thing. Nothing mm-hmm. stood out. Well, a lot of the artwork was kind of crappy, too. Some of it was. Some of it was really Some of good. It was it's, really good. It's not even a knock against the artist. It's just there was so much of the same thing. And I guess thinking back on it, it was called Artist Alley and not Comics Alley. So I guess I kind of get it, but well, I just think that... I don't know, man. I remember being Artist Alley 10 years ago, and there was a lot more comics than the ones we've seen. And we haven't been to every con right. or in, the, in the world. We've just been to a few, but... All right, I'll tell a story. This is a don't. Um, don't have fun. <laughs> There's no time for it. What I mean by that is don't buy a table at the con... And sit behind your table and act like an attendee. Right. There was a person that was next to us at one of our recent cons. And they started out kind of strong. And they were selling their stuff. And then, like, the next thing I noticed, they kept coming over with products that they bought. And be like, ooh. And they would just, like, literally customers would come over to the table. And they would show the customer the thing they bought and how how neat it was. Well, one of the things, they bought a sugar glider. Like, first of all, if they were there for, like, a profit, you know, mm-hmm. they spent the profit on the sugar glider. Because right. it was, like, 600 bucks or something like that. Right. And they're like, well, I got a little baggie of food. And, you know, and everybody would come over and they go, did you buy one of those sugar gliders? I sure did. Look here. Oh, look, I'll open the little bag and show you. Yep, there he is. His cute little face. Him's cute little face. Uh-huh. <laughs> And they go, oh, that is so cute. Well, have a nice day. Right. They were essentially leave. they were doing advertisements for the other stuff at the convention. <clears throat> exactly. And it's not just the sugar glider person; it's other people too that will sit there, or they'll yes, they'll share a table with a friend and spend the whole time talking to the friend, right. like, oh, isn't this great that we're hanging out? Blah 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 blah. And they're so engaged in the conversation, people are just whizzing by him. You and I. First of all, I hate you. <laughs> no, just that kidding. Helps. That helps. Sam and I are are real good friends, but did I you almost barely... say the BF word? <laughs> BFF. And I mean F-F-F-F. rhymes with toy friend. 
Best friends forever. North Star? No. Gambit? Anyway, um, so Sam and I are real good friends or whatever. How much time do we spend actually talking to each other? Uh, hardly any. <laughs> really? And we were like two feet apart. Yes. And we barely spoke. Like, I think the most of the time I was speaking to him, I'd be like, can you hold down the table for 10 minutes? I'd like to go look at the convention. Right. And right. it was to pass off like notes or something. <laughs> yeah. Or it was, it's like, Hey, this guy bought two comics while you were gone. You have to <laughs> draw. Yeah, I actually, I received him. more text messages from Jordan while I was there <laughs> next to him. Because if I did leave the convention floor, like I wanted to buy something for my daughter. She's a huge Ninja Turtle fan. While we were there and keep in mind, we were there. What? Three days. Yeah, three, three days. days, and I wanted. It took me all three days to get enough time to see the whole place to try to find. And every time I would leave, I would get a text from Jordan. <laughs> Somebody else just bought. We just sold two more copies. Hurry up, get bigger. So I actually got more text message <laughs> conversation from him than we did actual like voice right. contact. But yeah, don't forget that. But you that's because we were working. Yeah, right. we were don't working. Forget that you have a professional purpose to be there. If you're an exhibitor, you're not there to be a fan. Um, I would say, uh, don't forget, um, yeah, you have to, uh, you have to divvy your time and make sure that you get some time for this, but don't forget to, uh, to explore the con and network. Oh yeah. That's, that's still working. It, I, right. It's, it's definitely considered working, but it's hard to find that time to leave the booth, but don't forget to find time to do that. Um, and I would say it's a million times more important that you use that time to leave the table, the network than to go look for toys for your daughter. But don't confuse networking with to socialize. Exactly. And I, I found myself, there, were, there was one chance I got to go network, and I won't drop names, I won't say who, I'll pretend that I, I networked everybody, and I bought a comic from every local stand I went to, wink. <laughs> but there was a booth that I stopped by, and you know, uh, I wanted to hear their sales pitch. Yeah. I wanted to see how, let's see how this local group does it. And the guy that was standing in front of us, he was their, their salesman. He, uh, he didn't engage me. He didn't really say anything until I looked in and I said, Hey, who's, who's running this? And then I goes, Oh yeah, me, I can tell you about it. Here's a story about, and he went on and like this five minute, uh, ramble about what the comic book was, who drew it. Um, what their art background was like. He told me absolutely nothing really about the comic book. It was about the people that made it. And I'm thinking, I'm not right. buying the people that made it. I'm buying the comic. But, uh, uh, after that, finally another man came around and they're like, well, you know, the proceeds of this go to that. And I was like, you know what? We're also local creators here. I'll give your book a try, you know? And so I bought a copy just as good gesture, but really I was there to see how do other booths do this? And it was not well at all, but the turnaround was, Later on, that person came over to our booth and paid like twice as much for our copy of the book. So I got a little bit of knowledge out of it, and we made a sale. But dude, this is the don'ts episode, not the do's episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, we were so busy that day. That's one of the few stories I can think of that I got to actually witness what somebody was uh, was doing wrong. I feel like the rest of the time we were so busy with selling and doing. Well, why don't you think back to one of our other cons? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Project Comic-Con? <laughs> All right, let me talk about one. There was uh, so there was a table that basically hired a booth babe. All right? 
And I got I got mixed feelings about the whole booth babe thing. Right. Personally, I think you shouldn't have a booth babe that's just meat, you know. But if you want to pay a good-looking girl and also treat her like a saleswoman, right? You know, and in uh, inform her about the product and brief her about the product to the point of a saleswoman who could actually sell it, that's awesome. You know, yes. and that would be gangbusters. But I remember they had this booth babe, and a lot of people would come by and, you know, basically a booth babe slows the stride of the walker, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of walking fast because I'm, yeah, I'm out of my parents' basement, what are we doing? <laughs> they stop and they slow. And that's your time to stand up and be like, hey, buddy, you know, come over here. We want to talk to you. But instead, it was like completely wasted because right. they were just in their shells kind of. Like, someone would slow their stride or almost stop because they'd catch the booth babe in their peripheral vision, and then they'd turn their head and look directly at the comic book seller, and the comic book seller's just like, yeah, hmm, like a sugar glider mm-hmm. with big eyes just looking up. Yeah. So what happened, a lot of customers were stopping and socializing with the uh, the cosplay woman, and absolutely no sales or marketing went on. Yeah, so, you know, two don'ts there. First, don't be shy. I mean, if you got a shiny object to bring people over to you, when they're over to you, do something. Right, you got them. Now throw that net out there. Take that hook and bring them in. And the second don't, if you're going to hire a booth babe, treat her like one of the crew. Right. You know, she should be there doing, you know, all the, the sales work of anybody else. She's not just a piece of flesh. She can be a valuable employee, or he, if it's a booth dude. Which, or a booth well, we were there. Wait, were there anybody that had? <laughs> did anybody have a uh, a booth babe, as you call it, that uh, were like a unique, like uh, like local creator character? Or was no, were all no. the ones like actually like Wonder Woman? No, or, it was either somebody from a video game or a comic. Right, or right. Somebody that. actually had. This is Sam trying to really pump up his idea here. I can feel it. (laughs) It's not a do's show. It's not a do's. It's a don'ts. (laughs) I thought you were really going to rip into people, man. (laughs) No. See, originally Jordan said this podcast was going to be a rant on something. But really, I mean, the conventions we've done, I feel we did such a a great job of engaging people that I didn't really have a chance to see exactly what other people were doing. I mean, I could – Always, I'm going to go back to that engaging and selling and doing it, but right. we really do it so much that it's hard to see what the other people are doing wrong outside of like, you know, like I said, that one that I went up to and, and, and had them try to sell me. Um, besides that, I see the same mistakes all the time. All right. Well, let's take it off the convention floor. People that are starting out in comics, what uh, do you see that they do wrong off the convention floor? As far as like selling their book, getting ready for cons, or just what they do? This one's going to be a little bit hard to quantify, but I remember the immortal words of when I was in the Navy and I was teaching people how to be an instructor. I would always give them all these fine points, you know, and say, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to not do, Um, give them skills, tools for their toolbox, and then I would always, at the very end, there was this guy named Joey Zezza, and he would always say... Yeah, and above all, uh, you want to remember, don't be creepy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, for a teacher, that's good advice, you know. Don't creep your students out. 
Um, I think the same thing applies to people who are working the con floor, whether you're networking, you're trying to sell your comic, whatever you're doing, don't be creepy. And unfortunately in the comic world, I've seen a lot of instances where a lot of creeps, people are acting a little bit creepy. Can you think of an example? Anybody, Tim or Sam? Uh, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I can just picture judging by the personalities of some of the people that we've met. This young cosplay girl would come up and they'd just instead oh, of trying to sell the inappropriate yeah. comments and stuff like that, you know? Uh, that's a big one. Inappropriate comments, cosplay. I like the laugh. The laugh is a big one. The too loud, too long laugh, that's a creep move. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you guys uh, got, uh, you're selling comics about uh, fat people. That's interesting. Uh, I bet you guys get a lot of grease prints on the. Uh, on your demo comics. Oh, yeah, we probably do. <laughs> Which, which booth did this happen at? I want to visit this next time. That was made up. But, you know, the, the too loud, too long, creepy laugh. Or like, uh, man, uh, Aquaman. Man, he sure must get a lot of chafing going on. What's it? Oh, 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 yeah, he sure does. Oh, oh. Or you, what's creepy is when you get a cosplayer that comes over and they like what you did, and they're oh, like, "Hey, man, you guys are offering free sketches. How about how about you do one of me? Do what one of my friend. Do one of my friend first. And do one of my they, do one of my friend slight, lightly touching my dimple. Yeah, and then after you draw their friend, because they would say, "Well, you do it." Then the next day they come back and there's four of them dressed up. In costume. As Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Aquaman, but we'll say Aquaman just so <laughs> I don't give away any identities. And they want to pay you to draw like all three of them in tight spandex. And then the third day, the one that very first asked for all these sketches comes in by himself <laughs> and wants you to draw him in a very provocative pose. So flip side of don't be creepy is also don't. Vis- visibly show that you're creeped out because <laughs> a lot of customers are creepy man well especially Can when you they're drawing a- them and they're staring you right in the eye every and time don't you look blink, up to get and it don't and they're looking right contact. at you and why do birds suddenly appear is playing in the background <laughs> oh man so yeah it, it takes a lot of work to not be creeped out or how about the guy that stole from us <laughs> like before I knew he stole from us, he was really weird, you know, he but I was <laughs> like, I was thinking to myself, like, I can totally break this conversation right now or I can, you know, play into this guy, you know, and let him know how that I think is, uh, blah, blah, blah. I can think that his input is valuable and I can sell him a comic or how about the guy with the sword? Remember him? <laughs> Sam, tell the story because it'll be more fun if you tell it. This is a perfect example of don't be creeped out. You know, treat every customer equal. All right, I, I hope we're talking about the same guy because I think there were a couple sword people, but this one, the uh, we're just gonna call him Chuck. Uh, <laughs> Chuck first approached our booth, and he had a lightsaber, and I think a. 
He liked Thundercats. Yes, yeah, okay, yeah, this okay, is the right so guy. Same guy. <laughs> and he uh, he approached our booth, and uh, Jordan engaged him. Jordan, you know, got his attention down. So he's looking through our comics, can't really tell, and then you find out that he's a local artist. So he yep. broke out his humongous sketchbook, laid it right on the table, and you know, of course, we're going to uh, we're going to accept. Okay, let's look at it. You know, we still yeah. want to come across as nice. We don't want to seem like jerks. So I'm. Now you don't want to lie his, either. You, I'm flipping through his but portfolio, you want to be and it is. Uh, it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't anything that Madeline could do. <laughs> right, my daughter could have done a million times better than what this guy but did. But again, we didn't want to lie, but we didn't want to be creeped out. We wanted to be political, right? And. Um, you couldn't tell what frame of mind this guy was in anyway because the way that he talked, I was worried that at any point he might pull out a real lightsaber and cut my head off. <laughs> but uh, you quickly uh, got the impression that he was he was like the cosplay people sometimes come across and that the show was about him. Once he got that sketchbook out and started talking about his book and all his drawings what he hopes to do, I started feeling, okay, this is not even a stringer. A stringer is the type that you'll feel you've got a sale, but they're not really going to buy, but they just stick around. This guy was just, I got the impression he's trying to sell his own stuff. And it it was horrible. I'll just throw it out there. It was horrible. A lot of it was the exact same pose, done in a crude style, just of a different superhero. Dude, I think some of it was in crayon. It, it was. And as you go through, some of it was in booger and finger. But as you got through, the work just got more horrible as you went through it. And he continued to talk about what he wanted to do with his characters and his characters. And he realized he had no interest in what we were selling at all. And by the time I got to the at end. that point. Yeah, yeah. By the time I got to the end, I said, yeah, buddy, you know, that's some pretty good work. I hope you find the lightsaber. I think at that point we were just trying to I think to you get were him. creeped out at that Right. Point. I was yeah. definitely creeped out because I started to wonder if maybe there were some type of mental problems going on with this guy. Because he seemed nice enough. But it was even going beyond, like, him trying to sell us on his stuff. He just... I started to feel like it was some comic book sling blade. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tried to find a way to transition from the book to, okay, I hope you have a good time with the rest of the convention. You're obviously not here to see anything we're selling. Have fun. And I think he did leave. He went to find some some other sword that he was looking for, the Sword of Omens or something, and he wound up coming back through. And See, I was the opposite of Sam. <laughs> I was like just totally buttering, up and buttering him up the whole time. <laughs> when Jordan saw the Sword of Omens... <laughs> he brought the guy right back over, and I was thinking, "What are you doing? Yeah. Like, don't bring Sam that guy back out. over." But as I saw after many sales, there were so many times that Jordan sold somebody that I thought there's there's not a snowball's chance in hell that this person's buying from us. And uh, not only did Jordan get the guy to buy it, but I think he wound up getting a uh, personalized sketch on the inside, yeah. and he bought like a print, and we probably sold him like a couple business cards too. I actually sold him a lifetime subscription to the Show Me Comics Club, which doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> no, that part's a lie. So <laughs> definitely uh, don't assume just from your creepy customer that they're not going to buy yeah don't get creeped out man yeah don't, this... don't think you're better than anybody i guess is uh you know or don't think you're above having somebody as your customer right don't act like you're... and you know what <laughs> that guy might end up being one of our biggest fans and most loyal fans you never know he not could after have here's this but he could have well, bought 900 <laughs> digital issues by now we won't know until the end of the next quarter <laughs> but <laughs> that's true it did it started off like 
It started off as someone that I thought, they're not interested in buying. Now he's trying to sell me on his stuff to, okay, now he's getting creepy and I'm almost worried about him staying here any longer because yeah. I'm afraid he might jump over the table. And then Well, guys, it's time out. for our mystery guest. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Perticon, destroy him. <laughs> um, all right, so I think, you know, we could go on with this for a while, but... Let's do four straps. Let's say you drain your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles, and that's what we call the pump. Your muscles get a really tight feeling, like your skin is going to explode any minute. You know, it's really tight. It's like somebody blowing air into, into your muscle. It just blows up, and it feels different. It feels fantastic. All right, so if you're about to go to a convention, I got a really good exercise for you. It's not necessarily rider-focused, but here's what I want you to do. A big problem that I had, I, I didn't stress in the episode enough how big it was, but the separating yourself from having fun at the con as an attendee and as an exhibitor. Because we're going to face this in North Carolina. I actually think it'll be a little bit easier because we have more days and we're out of town so we don't have our family or anything like that. And we'll probably have fun, but... Here's an exercise. If you're going to one, especially if it's local, the night before the con, either go to your local comic book shop or get your local comic book friends and just nerd out. I don't care what you do. I don't care if it's watch a superhero movie, drink a few drinks, you know, or go to the comic book store and just buy that graphic novel that you've been, you know, it's been pretty expensive and you've been putting it off because guess what? You're going to spend way more money at the con if you go around and act like an attendee. Just go buy that hardcore novel, or I mean, not hardcore, <laughs> hardcover graphic novel, or buy that you know expensive T-shirt or that bust, you know, of uh, Princess Leia in the gold bikini or whatever you got to do to just get the nerd out of your system. That's my exercise for you, so that when you go into the showroom floor, just be like, hey. I already blew my wad that I was going to spend if I, you know, went around here and acted like an amateur. Instead, I'm going to act like a professional. I've got the nerdiness out of my system. And yes, I'll regret not being an attendee at this con, but the feeling I'm going to get by being a successful exhibitor is going to be way better than the, you know, the hit off the crack pipe of buying merchandise at this con. That's my exercise for you. So get it out of your system the night before and then go be a pro. All right. And my exercise for you, since this is for the uh, for the cons, I'll take off my artist hat, put on my salesman hat. What I want from you guys, since we talk so much about engaging the customer, is I want your best introduction. Not your 10-second elevator pitch. I want your actual introduction. And I want you to imagine there's three different types that you're introducing to that you're grabbing their attention. One is the family. The dad with the Mickey Mouse ears on with the bag of comic books, and it's the little kid that's there with their Avengers t-shirt and moms with them. So two of them have no interest in comic books. They're there for their kid. The second is the group of three 13-year-old Doctor Who fangirls. And then the third is the actual 
comic book nerd. The guy that's the there. Simpsons guy. The Simpsons guy, exactly. He's got on his X-Men t-shirt, and he's got his bag of Deadpool comics. So what I would like is your best introductions. How would you grab each one of them? How would you get their attention and bring them in to what it is you're about to sell? The best ones that we get, we will play here live on the podcast. That's right. And Sam doesn't just say this because he's making it up, because we sold all three groups at our last con. So it's possible. So, on that note, on behalf of Sam, Jordan, and myself, we're Show Me Comics. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe on iTunes. Give us a rating and a review. If you don't have your copy of Hafu Graphic Novel yet, you can pick up the print version at showmecomics.com. It's only $9.99 for 66 full-color pages. Or if you'd rather just put it straight to your iPad or digital reader, you can find us on Comixology at Hafu. Make sure you like us on Facebook at Hafu Graphic Novel. And make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Show Me Comics. And I was trying to work up a burp as a good punctuation to the show, but that didn't happen. So instead, I'm just going to tell you to do exactly what Tim and Sam said. Check us out on the internet. And still didn't happen. <laughs>